0: I cannot overstate how important mentors and peer support have been in my journey. Um, And you think like, Oh, a mentor, you know, a mastermind group, a community, you know, sounds a lot like, you know, I show up for some calls and maybe I learn a thing or two, but I think the most important thing that, that like the, the number one role after everything I said that I do, the number one thing that I do is I lend my confidence in my partners when their confidence in themselves is low and that sounds simple and it may sound like it's not a big deal but i will tell you just about every entrepreneur including if you're listening to this you know you can figure this out you just need someone you need someone by your side again to lend that confidence during that period of time
1: welcome to the legacy roadmap podcast your ultimate guide for creating a lasting legacy as an entrepreneur Whether you're an ambitious entrepreneur or a seasoned business owner, our podcast offers insightful conversations with successful entrepreneurs and experts who have navigated the path of legacy creation. We explore topics that matter to you, personal responsibility, financial growth, leadership, and succession planning. Our goal? To equip you with practical insights and strategies that help you transition from simply running your business to building a legacy. Join us each week as we delve into purposeful discussions aimed at positively impacting future generations. Your journey towards leaving a lasting legacy starts right here, right now. Let's dive in.
0: Does your business serve homeowners? If so, you need to know about HOA.com, the number one referral network for professionals who serve homeowners. And we're looking for quality contractors and home service pros that we can recommend and refer to homeowners in your area. Not only will you get promoted on the HOA.com website, you'll get business from other certified pros and premier pros in your market. These people serve homeowners every day. So we help you build referral partnerships that keep referrals coming to your business for years to come. Go to HOA.com com pro now and get started are you an entrepreneur or business owner if so you need to know about the achieve systems business building membership we are one of the best referral based communities that wants to refer you we help generate you thousands of leads per year we also provide you an incredible mentorship program that has won many awards We don't stop there. We have 60 plus opportunities to take your business to the next level, like authoring and publishing books and many, many more. Go to AchieveSystemsPro.com and get started today.
1: Do you want to make more money in your business? Most business owners focus on building revenue. That's not enough. Building profits is what feeds your family and almost no business owner understands how to build profit without building revenue. I can show you with near-perfect accuracy the exact business growth strategies that will generate the most revenue for your business in the shortest amount of time, focused on building profit. Learn more at bizlife.coach. Our guest this week is a versatile entrepreneur, finance expert, and podcast host. He's founded several successful tech fitness ventures and raised $325 million for his first hedge fund by the age of 25. Tim Khalees co-developed Allen, an AI-driven SAS platform, achieving remarkable growth from zero to 20 million in six months. Currently, he's the co-creator with multiple seven or eight-figure business owners, aligning product, pricing, positioning in order to install profitable acquisition systems. Tim Khalees and Robert talk about the power of a team being able to borrow confidence or lend confidence to partners when their own is low. The biggest win is learning how to buy back your time information is available to everyone. Take action. Information times action equals great results. Well, Tim, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Just looking forward to sharing your journey and just having a great conversation to uh, impact entrepreneurs.
0: Likewise. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm I'm very much looking forward to it as well. So
1: obviously our show is about legacy. So we start the conversations. We used to start at the beginning. Now we're starting at the future. So (laughs) The idea is, you know, what does legacy mean to you, and and how has legacy led to you know the decisions that you're making in your life now?
0: Yeah. So for me, uh, I'm a father of three, uh, husband of 17 years, uh, and so for me, it's uh, being able to you know document and influence, and therefore influence uh, through education and and uh, kind of peer support, if you will, uh, the next round of entrepreneurs. So you know, I think those of us that have uh, spent a couple of decades or more in this uh, in this endeavor have the uh, the scars to show uh, and I feel it my my calling to help package up uh, as many of the learnings frameworks mindsets things along those lines uh, to hopefully help uh, folks avoid some of those uh, foreseeable uh, mistakes or or learning processes in the, in, the, uh, in the process
1: well I, I feel like there's two parts to that right there's the the entrepreneurial learning that we didn't get in school. Mm. Right. That, you know, just those elements of, of mindset and what we can control. And, and I mean, I even think positive, you know, positive outlook. Right. Um, but then, then there's also that, that entrepreneurial roller coaster of, you know, woo, I made a sale. Life's so fantastic. Oh no, I can't pay the mortgage tomorrow. I don't Mm -hmm. have any money. Right. And and so that entrepreneurial, the highs and lows of, of, of not having a steady paycheck, I guess, (laughs) Um, the convenience of a steady job.
0: Yeah. And I I think as, as we've probably all kind of seen, right. You know, it all depends on kind of how you effectively, how you start is, is very much how long you're going to be in the game and, and kind of the entrepreneurial journey is, is about staying in, in, you know, on the playing field. Right. So in so many ways, I think there's some misconceptions and I think you're, you're exactly right. What, it takes to be successful in life and in business are not necessarily the same principles and levers uh, that we are taught kind of early on in our lives and so uh, there's definitely a little bit of uh, deconditioning uh, and re-education that certainly happens either in advance or uh, in process uh, that we're all gonna we you know we're served the lessons until we learn them and, and hopefully we can learn them sooner than later
1: well and i i just find it more and more fascinating you know, I've been in the entrepreneurial space for five years after 20 years in ministry. Mm. And and it it's fascinating to me that, you know, for me, personal growth has just been a part of who I am, you know, consuming books, not just reading books, but consuming books. Like I've collected books and read books and and it's just constantly been a part of, of who I am. And, and more and more I'm finding out even now after writing, you know, a few books and, and putting them out there that nobody reads books even the people that buy books like amazon just put out a, a a statement about that 73% or something like that of the people that buy the books don't read them like amazon selling you know <laughs> made made the foundation of their business built on books because people buy books but then they're not reading them like wait <laughs> i don't understand Yeah.
0: yeah. no I, absolutely right And i think there's you know it's uh, you know you could in- insert courses into that and things like that but i think the the through line and what I think we've, you know, I've, I've experienced is you know now more than any time in, in at least in recent past, information is effectively available to everyone, risk-free, cost-free, et cetera. So whereas, you know, go back uh, a number of decades, information was the thing that people paid to access. So now if those barriers to to access have come down what you actually end up with is the pendulum has swung so far the other way, which is, you know, we now have so many touch points and so much information that we're, you know, most of us are drinking from a fire hose and then it's not just about information and I need more. The, the focus is actually on insights, which is effectively information times actionability. Uh, you could also kind of you know, put in there, uh, you know, the, the fit for what it is you're actually trying to trying to achieve. Right. So I think it's beholden on, on those of us who, uh, you know, can, can do some of that thinking and provide those insights. I think we're in a world of insights uh, more so than information. And, and, you know, so that's where I've, I've chosen to, to focus over the last couple of years is trying to, trying to sort through the noise, uh, because right now it's the thing that I hear more often than not uh, is a lack of clarity and it's mm-hmm. clarity out of overwhelm. And so the question is, what is the right information for me at this point? So we find what is what we've termed as the right next thing. What is the right next thing for me to be doing? Not just looking at you know uh, Elon Musk many steps ahead of us and go, oh, I'll just do what he's doing, yeah, right? It just awesome. doesn't it just doesn't work, right? Yeah, right? So it's finding finding the right thing for us in the right time uh, to to be able to move the needle the most.
1: Well, and I like that that information plus actionability, you know, that that leading to the result. I think one of the challenges for most entrepreneurs is they don't really know what they want right mm-hmm. so they started a business they're making money and most of us have been taught to make money to to pay our bills and take care of our family and right. so that that kind of becomes the the driver so in most entrepreneurs mind making money is the measure versus what they might actually want. (laughs) And, and, and you've had conversations where entrepreneurs have gotten so far down the road and they're hiring staff and they're building a team and they realize, whoa, 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 this wasn't what we, you know, we set out for freedom. We set out to live on a beach. We set out to, to have that four hour work week. And now we've just blown ourselves into this space where, you know, we're still working 50, 60 hours a week and responsible for 10 other people. And now, you know, how do you, how do you back that up? And, you know, we either got to sell this enterprise to start the one we really want to do. But I think for entrepreneurs, that first step really has to be, what is it that you started the business for? What is, what is this? What is this vision you have? And so many are caught in just the day to day that to look a Mm -hmm. week out a year out five years out is just seems impossible. What would you suggest for those entrepreneurs needing to look to the future?
0: Yeah. So I, you're, the underlying uh, kind of idea is most folks, I think, and you're absolutely right, live in kind of this survival mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the scarcity versus abundance, right? So if you had, and and part of that comes from uh, the fear of failure. So I got into this thing, and I'm starting down the path, and it can kind of end at any time. So therefore, I have to kind of live to see another day, right? You know, there's that mindset. But the other is, I think many times we also start prematurely and we start on false pretenses. So, you know, I think, uh, and, and I actually felt prey to this kind of earlier on in my career where, you know, I'm a numbers guy. So I can sit behind a spreadsheet and design a perfect plan, right? You know, a plan's only good until you get, you know, go out to reality and get punched in the face and then things change, right? So, you know, I think that the ones that I've seen succeed are the ones who are pursuing a truth and the un, you know kind of the discovery of the of a truth not even the truth that needs to be you know that that they need to hold on to and a lot of times that comes from ego it is i have an idea i'm gonna go find a market i'm gonna go find a willing buyer who will pay me to validate the fact that i'm the smartest guy in the room and, and where we started the conversation was kind of this uh you know the the kind of the school house idea of you know the kid that got an a would therefore in theory be smarter than the kid that got a c well, then we're we're you know kind of measured by how smart we are, or how you know right we are, or things like that. The reality is, I come from uh, you know I've been investing background, uh, and there's a a common saying that says the market can remain lo- wrong longer than you can stay liquid, <laughs> and the idea being you can continue to fight the fight to try to prove that you're right or you can just meet the market where it is and learn and adapt and be agile and all of those things. So, you know, I think to to answer the question directly, those that have a pursuit of what is right for the market and a learning, you know, a a, a vision of learning and iterating uh, are the ones that are both I think psychologically happier and also, you know, will reap the financial benefits from that over over the long term.
1: I had a I had a mentor who come frequently said do you want to be right or do you want to be rich?
0: <laughs> it's There's a lot of truth to it. And, you know, I just you just think of all the, a lot of businesses fail on, you know, trying to be proven that the thing that they built has a market, right? We've heard this so many times. It's a, or you could just meet the market where it is and then maybe educate or evolve or what have you. And, and I think that that's
1: the, the challenge for the the business owner, and and for some it's ego that's holding them back from from adjusting right making the changes to to meet the market where they are, but for some it's just it's just busy right they yeah. they they're focused on the thing that's you said survival right they're focused on the thing that's bringing in the five bucks, yeah. and a and a small shift in their mindset and a small shift in what they're doing as a team or or even as an individual could be bringing in the fifty dollars or the five hundred dollars. <laughs> And yeah, helping business owners see beyond the the blinders of the day-to-day, I think is yeah. it's one of my challenges. And and for business owners that are willing to to take the blinders off even for an hour a week and look at some different sets of numbers that they didn't even know were there. <laughs> That they should be counting them. We won't even talk about the business owners that don't even know what a profit and loss statement looks like. So Uh. (laughs) (laughs) because there's way too many of them. Uh, Absolutely but but there are some numbers and and you said as a numbers guy you recognize it's truly a numbers game right and mm-hmm. and and helping business owners see that you can measure these numbers you can put them on paper and and then you can start to change them you can you have control over how many meetings you have you control over how many calls you make you have control over you know a, a lot of elements in your business that that if you just shift, you know, 5% or 10% increases in some of these areas, the compounding effect of that for the growth of your company is, is revolutionary for most business yeah. owners.
0: Yeah. And you bring up a really good point, which is, uh, you know, it, it reminds me of the the story, you know, John Wooden, the famous UCLA coach, you know, talks about, you know, you would never see a basketball coach say, okay, team, today we're going to practice winning. <laughs> Right. Because it's not about the outcome. It's about what behaviors do we need to exhibit to be able to lead to the outcome that we want. Right. What what is it that we can do today in either such volume or focus that would make it uh, that, that would make it impossible for us to, to not reach the objective, i.e. win. Right. So that's, the, I, you know, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to make a foul foul, uh, you know, a thousand foul shots today, rather than, you know, something, something to the, to the, well market. he
1: even takes it, he even took it to a, a bigger basic, right? Like he was teaching his players how to tie their shoes.
0: Well, that's, yeah. and that's, you know, what, what can we be successful in? Right. You know, let's start with, with the things but that can't be overlooked. But if on. we
1: can't, if we can't do the basics, well, then we certainly can't be doing the front edge well and taking care of our customers. Well, if if we're not taking care of some of the things in the back room and the back office and, and helping business owners get out of survival mode to get to that space and recognize what are the things that you should be practicing? What are the things you should be doing over and over and over, you know, right? Those daily business habits, right? We call them processes, systems, right? A system or a process is really just a habit for a business that each employee can honor that habit in the same exact way. And and helping business owners create those, because <laughs> most of them are inside their head, <laughs> yes. right? And and then And then they have the ability to refine them and improve them and make mm-hmm. them so that they're not only generating more revenue; they're they're more impactful or more effective in in their work and and delivering a, a far better product. Um, and I think, I I I mean, obviously, business owners simply most of them just feel like they don't have the time. Right, time is the enemy, and and they they feel like I can't just stop and right. It's like trying to fix an airplane while it's still flying in the air. We don't do that, (laughs) but yet business owners are still trying to do that with their business.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's a great book uh, by Dan Martell called "Buy Back Your Time," uh, which Mm. I'm a big, big uh, believer in. Actually, it's it's such it literally sits uh, on on my desk here. So Dan Martell, "Buy Back Your Time," Uh, and Dan is uh, he he is probably the he runs a company called SaaS Academy, uh, the largest kind of SaaS and uh, software business consult coaching business. Uh, probably believe in the world at this point uh, has sold had a couple of exits for himself as well. but that book fundamentally talks about how do you that the way that we think about time and we think about hiring is backwards. and
1: mm-hmm. so
0: if you are the type of person who feels like you know every time I hire someone it feels like I'm kind of further behind or i'm I'm further away from where I want to be. Uh, Dan Martel's buy back your time I would highly suggest it because he gives you both the theory as well as the tactics on exactly how to do it uh, based on a, a, a lot of experience.
1: We'll be right back after this short break. Do you need an increase in revenue? We help business owners find 100K in 90 days and create a roadmap for implementation. There's no pressure, just a chance to get some assistance and clarity. Scheduling is easy. Simply visit Own it Call dot com and select a time that works for you it's time for you to focus on doubling the 20 percent that creates 80 percent of your revenue welcome back let's get back to more greatness nice well and i think that's a challenge for a lot of business owners is is how do i let go of of these pieces that i feel like only i can do or or i can do a hundred percent and get the result that i want and if i let joe do it he's only going to do 90% and it feels like oh. that that sacrifice isn't worth it but yet helping them see the value well, of but, yeah what happens yeah but, you know but most, most of us
0: are not you know are not performing surgery on a day-to-day basis so right. you know 90, 90% done by somebody else is better than 100% done by me uh, and you know i think that's one of those it's one of those hard lessons to learn but once you learn it you know it's the delegation idea right and it's you, for me, it was rooted in, you know, I'm the only person who can do this. And and in the book, uh, and this is something I always thought about, which is, you know, the idea of a zone of genius. Right. There are things you are uniquely skilled at. And we as entrepreneurs think we need to, quote unquote, wear many hats. <laughs> and that really means we wear the hat that we should. And then the other ones we just put on because we have to. That is not how you actually build a successful business. So the question you have to ask yourself is, and usually it comes down to money. But how can I, what needs to be true for me to stay in my zone of genius? If you can more, answer that right? question,
1: I mean it's you're really gonna be a lot zone. other. Yeah, yeah, and it's stay in your zone of genius more. It's not stay in your zone of genius all of the time. But yeah. the challenge is most entrepreneurs are putting on all those other hats and the yep. zone of genius has been has been shrunken down to They're really only in their zone of genius when they're asleep at night at three o'clock in the morning and pop up and go, "Whoa, that's their zone of genius," and they're missing out on it in the nine to five because because they've got so many other hats that they're wearing. And when they can start to take those other hats off and just spend an hour in their zone of genius each Mm -hmm. week, and then an hour each day, right? And then it becomes two hours each day or three hours each day, and you start to superpower stuff because now you're, you're actually, and, and the, the crazy thing is their business takes off because now they've got, they got Beth doing accounting and she's awesome at it. So the books are all kept up to date. The numbers are right. We've got, uh, Jill handling customer service and Bob is putting things together and they're really good at those things because that's their zone of genius. And all of a sudden, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's crazy what can happen when a business owner just realizes that, a they're not very good at any of those other things Mm. and and when they're willing to let them go even outsource and even outsourcing you know parts and pieces to get started because it is about affordability a little bit but you start generating significantly more revenue because you've got four other people operating in their zone of genius and you're actually figuring out how to operate in yours and great stuff just starts to happen when people are working in that way
0: yeah, ex- exactly right. And you know, just the order of what you call it the the replacement ladder. It's just the order in which you can approach that kind of uh, that idea of of replacing yourself in the activities that both you know drain you of energy. I mean the the idea of distraction is an easy one right you know context switching we all if if we haven't figured out that we can't multitask by now there it is a fallacy like let's move on to we need focus where should we be focused uh the question is kind of where do we start that process and uh and i I think that's a a, it it reminds me of that quote which is something along the lines of and i'm paraphrasing you know hey you should meditate for 10 days you know 10 minutes a day it's like i can't do that i'm too busy well, then you need to meditate for two hours a day you <laughs> right. know, kind of idea. Right. And right. I, and I think we're so caught in this. And I think for a long time, I believed it to be kind of a badge of honor of like, I'm so busy. Are you busy or effective? Cause clearly if you're that busy, you're not being very effective. Right. So the, if we keep doing the same thing, same thing was always done. We'll, we'll get the same thing we always got. Well, and I, and I think, think that has to break at some point.
1: I think it's really a scarcity mindset about time. Instead mm-hmm. of a scarcity mindset about money, which most people recognize or start to recognize, but really the same thing applies to your time, and yeah. and then of course the ego plays in there, like I'm the only one that can do it, and <laughs> some of those kinds of yeah. kinds of things. But the true shift has to become a shift from the doer to the leader, and there's mm-hmm. a, a, a it, it's a challenge for an entrepreneur to grow into that leading position because leading is not only letting go, it's being able to allow the team to step into their zone of genius and allow them to do the things that you were trying to do. And when they start doing them better, that plays back on, you know, (laughs) on the entrepreneur and, and a good entrepreneur recognizes that, woo, this is amazing. You know, an ego driven is going to be looking at it going, well, I should have been able to do that better. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so, helping the entrepreneur, you know, through that through that process, um, it can be super powerful.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think, and and for me personally, where I struggled with this earlier in my career was because I was kind of making it up as I went. <laughs> and I think that's the reality of a lot of entrepreneurs Most, when they start. Absolutely. They're like, right? So, You're so I think, one hundred percent. So the reason we can't hire and we can't delegate and we can't do all these things is because we're kind of rounding the corners and I don't want to hire a sales guy because I got to tell him exactly where the parameters are instead of me jumping on the phone going you know what? oh yeah I said I was going to do this and then I'll throw in you know I'll come to your your house every other saturday and wash your car to get the deal done right so <laughs> I think we 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 are we are uh you know held accountable to the things that we say and that is a very scary thing so mm. my personal experience has been I think the desire to delegate and the desire to build the team is there i think there's a lot of fear around the emperor doesn't have as many clothes as he might seem to have when you start to expose yourself and those you know into to other people and i think that fundamentally psychologically was the biggest barrier and i see it all the time and it's oh like, i well, i you, could definitely yep. see it
1: like i gotta yeah. let somebody else look at the books that means they're mm-hmm. gonna know my numbers yep
0: <laughs> i've yep. been hiding from everybody including myself Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, that the, what I would encourage, you know, anyone who kind of, if you feel that way, is you you can hire people. We call them their, your first follower. They are the ones who will follow you to the end and back. They don't care whether, you know, they're the ones who want to know where the bodies are buried, you know, if you know what I mean, proverbial, because they're like, great, I'll grab a shovel. Like, what are we doing here? You know, I'm, I'm here for you. And I think every successful entrepreneur, some people find it either in a life partner, or a business partner, or a key hire, or someone. It is the person who just is the just give it to me straight because I don't care. Uh, I don't care what the reality is. I just want to be here on the journey with you, and I'm here to support you. Uh, and I find that incredibly powerful because it actually starts. The, it gives you the safe space to to find the clarity that you need in order to start to, to get that ball rolling.
1: So I love that idea of I'm in it. I'm in it with you no matter what. And I've got a shovel if I, if we need to take (laughs) it to to the next level. So we haven't really gone back into, into your journey, but would you mind sharing a little bit about your journey and maybe some places where you were the guy holding the shovel? (laughs)
0: Yeah, sure, sure. So, very, very briefly, uh, I grew up as the kid who uh, was always kind of tinkering. I was better at taking things apart than probably putting them back together again. Uh, but uh, you know, if if that resonates with you, um, so I. But I was always a problem solver. I'm um, even middle school, high school, and even into college. I started my first company while I was in college officially, uh, and I knew I liked numbers. I liked investing. Uh, and i grew up with the vision or the mindset that there was kind of a way that things were supposed to go you go you know you graduate high school you go to college you go work at a bank you cut your teeth you know you have a 30-year career and life is good and that just did not resonate with me so i uh, out of college was uh, was kind of Probably, you know, I was single at the time, and willing to take some risk. Uh, and in finance, the time, like the smartest people and the hottest kind of money and and energy, was going into hedge funds, alternative investments. This is two thousand three, uh, plus or minus. And so I joined a guy uh, at the recommendation of a uh, of a mutual acquaintance who was starting a hedge fund, actually in in the southeast part of the U.S. Uh, and we started with seven hundred thousand dollars of you know friend and family money, which for anybody out there, like. This, that metric doesn't even get you it doesn't even get you to the starting line in that business you know you're still eating ramen noodles uh on that kind of money so because your fees just don't add up um but over the course of about three and a half years i was able to raise over 325 million dollars for that fund uh and it taught me a lot of really important lessons earlier on in my professional career uh you know about product market fit about understanding your customer you know things along those lines and and the end of that story is uh in the end of uh, 2007, uh, we made the decision to, to voluntarily give all the money back uh, in advance of what we saw to be a challenging market climate to come, which ended up being the 2008 stock market crash, which we had walked away prior to uh, being being wrapped up in that. But okay, that so chapter sure. closed. Yeah, we, we were. Some people, it it was a lesson in trading, in staying in your lane, stay to, you know, stick to your knitting because in in very short uh the strategy that got us from zero to 350 million under management was not working in that environment and so we had a decision to make that we either stick to our guns and you know to what we know where we're comfortable uh or we start to kind of to say roll the dice try to you know move our perspectives and things like that to be able to stay competitive um and we just said you know what i'd rather you stick to a position where we feel confident uh, instead of trying to play somebody else's game. And, and it taught us the short-term loss, which was a big one. Uh, we walked away from a, effectively an eight figure a year business, uh, but it kept our you know integrity intact. Uh, wow. And that has, super, as a, as a kid in his twenties, uh, those relationships have paid me back for the decision at this point. So um It worked out overall, Uh, but talk about the long game, that's playing the longer game, even though I didn't quite understand it at the time, uh, that's that's the way that uh, that, that chapter ended. Then I got into fitness and technology, spent about a dozen uh, years there, and that led me to being introduced to uh, a husband and wife, Alex and Layla Hormozy. Uh, a lot of people know Alex and Layla now via their YouTube channel and mm-hmm. acquisition.com. Uh, and so I became partners with them at Gym Launch. I was one of the four executive team members at Gym Launch. Uh, and then we sold that business about two years ago uh, to a private equity fund uh, uh, in, the north, in the Northwest uh, and then spent the last kind of two years basically being an investor and what I call kind of the co-creative partner uh, for service-based business owners under about three million dollars a year in revenue who are looking for someone to kind of sit as a number two uh, and help kind of see around the corners and condense time and and save them the the pain and heartache of uh, a lot of probably you know very difficult uh, difficult lessons to be learned. So that's where yeah. that's where I sit today. Love that.
1: So, I mean, obviously, Jim Launch had its, had its roller coaster as well. What's, what's your most memorable, let me grab the shovel story.
0: Uh, so that one, uh, I would say that was a very, it was like being strapped to a rocket ship. So the highs were very, very high. <laughs> but you, you used the analogy before of, uh, you know, we're kind of, you know, basically swapping out the engine while we're flying, you know, or driving down the road at 100 miles an hour. That's effectively what we were doing uh, in many ways, because we were learning and building along the way. Uh, And so that was a, we're in this together, you know, we're going to figure things out. And the best example of that was uh, Gym Launch actually had three lines of business. It It's uh, Gym Launch Consultancy, which helped gym owners make more money and build products and things like that. We had a supplement business, uh, Prestige Labs, which I ran for about six months. And then we had Allen, which was a, a software, a SaaS product, Uh, it was an automated lead nurturing platform that we built to help gym owners get more uh, members to show or or prospects to show for a sales appointment. And Alan was my project. Uh, I was kind of handed the, the early iteration to say it was a wireframe is probably giving it too much credit at the time. It was a great idea. We had the early indicators of kind of starting to build it. uh, But there were some fundamental flaws that we had to address. And so in about a, Talk about grab a shovel it was four of us sitting around a table going you know alex is not going to build this is not going to build this our cfo is not going to build this." <laughs> tag you're it <laughs> which which actually fit my my skill set very very well so uh so we ended up building i had a 30 person software development team we built the product effectively rebuilt it and launched it within about four months Uh, And then from there, we grew it to uh, about $1.7 million a month in uh, monthly recurring revenue within about four or five months uh, after launch. So it was an incredible product. It worked. It transformed kind of the marketing agency business in general. Um, But to say that was my grab a shovel story of like this thing's going to fall apart if we don't and we've already put a a lot of money into it. Um, Time to make something of it and we were able to do that successfully.
1: Nice. Well, yeah, obviously that's that's we all need somebody in our corner and yeah. and somebody that believes, right? Because all of us are going to hit that moment when when it's like everything around you looks like the world is collapsing. And yeah. and the majority of people outside of your circle if you ask them, they would say yeah. go get a job, just jump, you're fine, whatever, get out. And okay. and and everything inside of you is saying but it's going to work. <laughs>
0: Yeah. It, and and so work. I, a hundred percent, and just about anything can work. What you, if, if that is the feeling that you have, and I've, I think we've all been there at some point in time, you know, who, who of us, you know, have not kind of hit, hit a, hit a speed bump along the way. Right. Uh, I cannot under, I cannot overstate how important mentors and peer support have been oh. in my journey. Um, and you think like, Oh, a mentor, You know, a mastermind group, a community, you know, sounds a lot like, you know, I show up for some calls and maybe I learn a thing or two, but I think the most important thing that, that like the, the number one role after everything I said that I do, the number one thing that I do is I lend my confidence in my partners when their confidence in themselves is low. And that sounds simple and it may sound like it's not a big deal. But I will tell you, just about every entrepreneur, including if you're listening to this, you know, you can figure this out. You just need someone. You need someone by your side again to lend that confidence during that period of time. But you know, we also have this saying that you know, transformations don't happen in isolation. And there are times, and you know, I have mentors. They look at me and they'll say, "Oh, I was on the phone with somebody uh, last week," and they're like, "You know, you're missing the point." I'm like, "What do you mean I'm missing the point?" He goes, it's so obvious you should just do this, this, and this. I'm like, gosh, it's right in front of me, right? Like we just, I just couldn't see it. That idea is so common. And you know, it's the idea of you can't read the label from inside the bottle. So go find someone, and it will most likely not be your friends and family because they <laughs> want you to be safe and secure, not encouraged to go do this wild and crazy thing that you know you're wired for and you'll be regretting if you don't do it, right? So you need to find similarly motivated people, preferably ones who have gone down the path that you want to go and can help you again navigate some of those early things because you know confidence is a self-fulfilling, you know, it, it, the, the, it has a flywheel and it's the reason why we stack small victories, right? So the victory might be you just get up and do it again. The victory <laughs> is you have somebody tell you, you know what just make 10 more calls you know, just do the process, go on that podcast, do the thing. And, and that a lot of times that's, uh, that's really what we need is just someone to say, to give us permission to continue to keep going. Uh, and so I, I think it's something that isn't as talked about uh, but I think it is critically important in the journey.
1: I love the power of borrowed belief and, and helping, yep. helping people just just got to believe a little bit more. And most people don't believe in themselves near as much as they need to. And so being that person alongside them that just, just believes in them a little bit more. And, and for me, it started with my kids, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm going to believe in my kids. And, and the best example I have of that is, is when they were learning to drive and all, everyone in our culture, right. Talks about, Oh, watch out. They're going to run over the sidewalk. Oh, they're going to get in a wreck. Oh, they're gonna, All the negative things about a kid getting driver's license. And I said, no, that stops right here, right now. My kids are going to be the best drivers in the world. They're going to drive every single chance that they get with me in the car before they go out on their own, because we're going to get as much practice as possible. But I will always be positive and encouraging for kids getting their driver's license and going out there and doing something amazing and have the expectation (laughs) that they're going to do well, rather than the expectation that they're going to crash and wreck the car. Because guess what happens if that's your expectation? It's going to be the result. Absolutely. Our culture creates this expectation with kids that they're going to be terrible drivers. And then that's exactly what we get. We create this expectation with prisoners that they're going to be bad guys forever. and, And that's what we create. And so with entrepreneurs especially, we want to encourage, look, you guys are going to be great in business. You're going to have a big impact in the world. And, and yeah, so many just need somebody to believe in them. So if you're looking for somebody to believe in you, Tim, how can they reach out to you?
0: Yeah. So uh website is timcalise.com. T I M C A L I S E.com. Uh, and then social channels. I monitor all my own DMS, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram, tim.calise. You'll find me on, on all three. All
1: right. We end every episode with a guest sharing their words of wisdom. You've given us so much value today, but what would you say to to encourage
0: entrepreneurs you can do anything you just can't do everything and set your standards high and do not compromise
1: tim thanks so much for joining me today this has been fantastic i really appreciate it
0: i appreciate you having me thank you so much
1: thank you for tuning into this episode brought to you by the power of intentional decisions that lead to massive action these aren't just buzzwords They're qualities that can help you take control of your life and build a successful six or seven figure business. To support you on this journey, we're offering one of our most popular books, Fish Out, Leads In, 52 Fresh Ideas for Lead Generation. You can download it free at enjoybizlife.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please show us some love by liking, subscribing, and leaving a review. But most importantly, share it with someone who needs to hear it. In our next episode, Robert and Kathy Judson talk about the impact of cycling on her entrepreneurial journey and how much sport experiences can be transferred into the professional space and help people achieve their goals. Her newest book, Navigating the Race Within, helps people focus on the mind and body transformation necessary for success in any endeavor.